Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Another Superhero Movie Podcast. I'm Tom, that's Nick. We're actually on a schedule now. Yeah, yeah. Pumping these out. We're bringing it back regular for you. We're happy about that. Today we're going to talk about a really good DC movie. Yeah. Actually, going back to DC, I know uh, we were on Marvel for a while. Right. We were on Marvel and we'll be on Marvel again, but we wanted to take time to appreciate you know, the good DC movies that, that come out now and then. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so far we haven't reviewed a bad DC movie, and I don't think we're going to start today. Right. Uh, spoilers, if you couldn't read the title of this episode, today we're talking about Wonder Woman. Right. Uh, directed by Patty Jenkins, starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, uh, Robin Wright is in it. I don't really know many of the other guys. There's uh, uh, yeah, Professor those are, Lupin. Those are the main ones. Yeah, the guy who who's in Harry Potter. Uh Prisoner of Azkaban is in this movie. Right. In a very, very strange role, I would say. Maybe an unnecessary role. Unnecessary role. We'll talk about that too. But yeah, Wonder Woman. Um, so Tom, let's get into it a little bit. Yeah. So let's just, you know, like we do, we'll start with some background information. Uh, last week we talked about Black Panther, which was obviously culturally significant in its own way. Wonder Woman, in many ways, was the DC counterpart to it. Is the first superhero movie uh female-led female-titled right um and female-directed also that's right that's right and and very important in that way like audiences responded well to that too um in that way it's a big parallel to black panther i mean she also grows up in a in a magical kingdom that's hidden from the outside world protected by some sort of bubble that changes the appearance special bubble that changes the appearance but that's about where the comparisons end i think you know, this movie has its own story that it wants to go. And yeah, this movie's direction. way more familiar with, uh, way more similar to Captain America. I agree. First Avenger. The fact that that the World War is, you know, it's World War One instead of World War Two, but like the the fact that it's a has like a military setting to it. Right. Is very specific to these to those two movies. Yeah, and there are just many instances we were picking up as we were watching it. Uh, so. This movie is pretty well received by critics. Yeah. 93% around Tomatoes critic score. Audience score is a little lower, but uh, I think it's really it's a really solid movie. Yeah, it was a pretty solid movie and the I mean this new like this relatively new DC era, this you know, the, that started with the uh, Henry Cavill's Superman needed needed a real like solid unambiguous It needed a win. Good win. Yeah. yeah. Not one that like only People who really loved the character and died character stuck with it and maybe had misgivings, but were happy to see a superhero, a Superman movie, or see you know Batman in a movie like this one was. This one you could actually, you know, rally behind and say was was solid. Yeah, I think there were a lot of people that were really looking forward to this movie when it came out. Right. You know, you the big three: of I remember, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. I remember thinking like, this is the only one that I think has a real good chance of <laughs> of being a solid movie by itself. You know, in case you haven't noticed that we haven't reviewed Justice League yet. Yeah, uh, we discussed last week at the end of our Black Panther review about maybe talking about a bad movie. A bad movie. And yeah. that Justice League is definitely uh, is on the docket for maybe one of those reviews. Right. If you like big, you know. Blob, blob-esque villains, Justice League's the movie for you. And Wonder Woman's the movie for you. And Wonder Woman's the movie for you. But we're for, just going to ignore the last 15 minutes of this yeah, movie, yeah. so it's We're going to cut the review off 15 minutes before the end of the movie. And, and then it'll be 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. All right, so so with that, uh, Wonder Woman, 
starts off um, very quickly. You you see Wonder Woman again. We met Wonder Woman in Batman vs Superman. She was kind of a mysterious character, almost like a spy or part of her own organization. And then all of a sudden, of course, at the end of that movie, she's revealed and she joins the big fight in that movie. You know, we won't spoil that movie for folks who haven't seen it, but she's, you know, she's in that movie and Batman comes to know her and, you know, Superman sees her in the fight, of course. And a big part of how that movie ends is that Bruce Wayne Batman has been looking into all of these um, people who are super powered in the world. And one of them is... Gal Gadot, you know, who who he's met, and he finds the proof that there's something up, because this is the photograph that we see at the end of that movie, and it's a her, it, it, and it's and it's Wonder Woman from like a hundred years ago in a black and white World War One photo. And the beginning of this movie, the movie starts out by present day Wonder Woman, right, uh, receiving a letter from Batman. It's transported in an armored car from Wayne Enterprises, and it's. Uh, a note from him saying, here's the original. Yeah. And it's the original photo, and then uh, we're taken back right to the beginning with some narrator work by Gal Gadot, and we're transported to Themyscira, which right. is the island of the Amazons. Yes, the island of the Amazons. Um, a great name. You know, it's a, like great world building in this movie. I agree. Um, I enjoy that a lot. I, in, in any of like, the Justice League cartoons where they go to Themyscira, I think it's been pretty cool. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so Themyscira, and then we, we, when we jump to Themyscira, we're also hearing the backstory and the mythology kind of right away. Right. Um, we kind of compared it to Black Panther. Right. Uh, we said it doesn't have a ton familiar with Black Panther, really, other than this opening scene at Themyscira is a lot like, you get the, a little bit of the opening from Black Panther. This one's a little longer. Yeah. And a little bit, it's a little bit more unclear. Black Panther one was super straightforward. This you have a battle and they're slaves and they're not. It's honestly, I watched. I we just watched finished watching the movie ten minutes ago. Right. I don't really understand what the thing was. The way I could break it down is that there's like the Greek gods and there's like mankind, and mankind is like fighting with itself as it you'd think it does, and so. The god Zeus creates the Amazons to convince men not to fight, like I don't know, seduce them or something. Well, the, see, so here's the thing: so the line in the movie is they'll teach them how to. They we were created to tell to teach them, to teach mankind how to love. Yeah, they come out of like the, the water like mermaids. But yeah. With feet. With and naked and like naked. Show like hey like guys, yeah that'll stop the war I guarantee. Don't so. <laughs> Are like were there women in this mythology? Were there women before, or was it just like a bunch of guys fight? Um, I mean, like, were the Amazons the first? Not women? all the women are Amazons, right? Well, that's why I don't, I don't know. So are, the you, way, are, you, are you just claiming that like the Amazons are an army of homewreckers? No. Well, I'm I'm just saying like how did men not know how to love before the Amazons came? I mean, again, that is I, unexplained. I get we don't have the we don't have the twelve books of passion written by some Greek guy, some Greek like yeah. the Amazons do. But right. clearly, Amazons don't really care much about the male anatomy because apparently it's not necessary. It's not necessary, as Diana says in this movie. <laughs> but Steve yeah. Trevor does prove. Her, well, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, to yeah, we'll get, we'll get, get to that. All right, so we get the mythology. Long story short, um, Ares bad, and yes. Amazons good. Amazons fight Ares. Zeus 
hides the Amazons from Ares because like Ares may or may not be destroyed. And so, and that's why Themyscira exists. Right. So what we get here is that apparently there were some they were slaves to someone. It, maybe Ares, maybe mankind I think under mankind. the influence yeah. of Ares. And right. then uh, basically they create a rebellion and the gods are like, right. let's help them out. Right. Uh, Ares then kills all the gods because Ares is apparently very badass. And then Zeus fires he one lightning like bolt. Day. You know, he was yeah. he was ready. He was doing it. Zeus throws a lightning bolt at Ares. Maybe kills him, maybe not. No one checked the body, of course. You know, they're like, he's dead. No, he's not. Uh, maybe. Maybe right. he'll come back. Right. And then with also Zeus's dying breath, he creates Themyscira and births... Yeah, yeah, let's... let's... And impregnates uh, Diana's mom. Diana's mom, right. So Zeus is doing a lot Apolita. as he's dying. Yeah, they said it's his last breath. He's doing a whole bunch of shit. He... His last breath was supposedly defeating Ares, and but then all, he did these two other things. Yeah, but also doing yeah. everything. Everything. So he creates a pretty nice island for them to live on. Yeah. Just like... It's full of caves and grottos and beaches and... Yeah, frozen in time. Horses. Uh, protected by some sort of mystical thing. Uh, yeah. It's unclear because the people in this movie who find it, which are Steve Trevor, the second lead in this movie, played right. by Chris Pine... And just a bunch of random German guys. And the Germans. And they get there pretty easily. Like, Steve I mean, just I flies think lost, there. Though. Well, Steve is clearly just desperately just trying to fly away. Right. And then the Germans, but once they they can see him through... Well, when they get close enough. When they get close enough, they can see him. It's just weird. I, I right. just don't know how there weren't constantly people fighting. Right. So there's some... There's like mini flashbacks, mini stories that piece together what happens, but essentially, you know, we've gotten our mythology, we see Wonder Woman Diana as a young girl. Right. I think we have to, we got to talk a little bit about Yeah, of course. We're going to spend the next hour okay. talking about this girl's so, accent, so and then five Gal, minutes on the rest Gal of the Gal has an accent. We, you know, we know this from Wonder Woman or from just like celebrity news or yeah. Fast and Furious, right? Kind of is an Israeli Mediterranean accent. Cool. And it kind of works for Wonder Woman if she's like from Greek mythology and yeah, kind of Greek, and Themis- so they make it work. Themyscira is clearly like a Mediterranean island, so right, somewhere right. around. So they kind of have this Crete, like Cyprus, this vague area. Mediterranean accent, and uh, the her mother, the queen, has it, and Robin Wright, who's like her aunt, tries and, and to like have a warrior it. aunt, tries to have it. It's pretty intense. Um, I, I commented it didn't really sound like Greek. Like like a normal Greek accent, but it does. It's not normal Greek, but but I know it's meant to be something. So fine, but and and you know I, I know she's a young actress, and you're not gonna give her a hard time. But the little girl who plays young Wonder Woman, her right? first scene, she sounds like she's coming off the cast of Game of Thrones. She has the Queen's she's English, perfect Queen's the English. Queen's English. Everyone else is speaking this Gal Gadot accent, this Demskiran accent, and she's speaking like. Is the British posh British, British accent. created, yeah. Um, it, which is like okay, you know maybe that's that's the range for 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 what you know they can do with this. But then, then she switches. She switches, and it's like the director was like, Patty Jenkins was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. I know we filmed those we filmed those first few scenes where you right. were using a British accent, but. Let's switch it up. We gotta make we gotta make it accent consistent ish. Although later in this scene, when the, when after Sue Trevor comes, right, one of the senators 
She's speaking with a British accent. She's speaking with a British accent, too. So it's a little unclear. Maybe this is a bit more diverse and uh, linguistic island than we thought. Yeah. Diana does speak 8,000 languages. I'm I'm trying to think if there's scenarios where, like, if, like, Asgardians speak differently from each other. Not really. They mostly just speak They They speak British. They speak very Shakespearean. I can't really think of scenarios where Really until Thor spends his time on Earth. And I mean, you could do it, but modern. then the answer is to not make everyone sound Greek-esque. It's to make, like, one person sound Greek-esque. For the most part, they better. do a pretty good... I think yeah. it really just stands out, because for the most part, they do a good job. Yeah, because it's the same act... It's just the same character in the same... And then... Two scenes later. Yeah, it, just with this, this little girl who's... It, the accent is so British, and it's so, like, posh. It's jarring. It's Because everyone else is, like, clearly trying to speak this... Because like I think when you're an actor, an actress, yeah, you you learn to speak generally like every act, no matter like where you're from, you learn accent. to speak with an American accent, yeah. you learn to speak with a British accent. Right. That's like the most, like at the very baseline, everyone can do that. Yeah. This kind of Mediterranean Themyscira thing going is it's a little different. It's not used a lot. It's not used a lot a, a, in a movie that's not as like willing to be about kind of big fantasy stuff right you, you wouldn't use this no you no you wouldn't and so i think or a lot of times what the people do instead is instead of this accent they just treat they, they just, just make like, them british they make them british they yeah. make the asian Greeks british. It's, it's like the, the alexander the great movie yeah exactly Colin exactly like that yeah so it's an unused accent i think that's why it's so jarring because everyone is kind of other than know who just speaks this way normally right is kind of stifling through and you just you don't see someone stifling through because they're yeah. not trying. I don't, know, I don't know why they didn't refilm the British part, but whatever. Yeah, the yeah. budget was getting too high. No time. I, I I want to talk about that later, like the filmmaking of it, because I thought it made some interesting points about how they did it and like kind of the, the path they took around CGI yeah, was, or not. I thought CGI. it was interesting also. Yeah. Okay, so right. basically what we have is we have this growing up scene. Uh, we get some really nice world building of Themyscira here. Uh, through Diana's eyes, because Diana, it seems, is like the only child. There's something you can tell right away. There's something special about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she wants to train, and her mom won't let her. Right. Um, it's kind of unclear why. Not at least to Diana. The audience is treated to some vague clues that she's different. She no, needs to know. She doesn't need to know. Right. There's, there's some secret. There's that, some secret. That clearly Diana doesn't know, but the the mom and the aunt do know. Right, and you're also treated right now to the myth of this god-killer sword. Right, which... These these weapons, and you see a lot of these weapons. Uh, Well, you at least see the shield. Right, you see the shield and the lasso and the sword. So, what they... The story they tell Diana is not that she was birthed by Zeus, like what actually happened. The story they tell Diana is that Zeus's dying breath created this sword. Which is the only sword that can be used to kill Ares if wielded by the proper person. Yeah. And so this is... The kind of like military background that all of Themyscira, all of the Amazons have have kind of grown up on, and especially Diana. You get we we jump to Diana older. You know we don't know how long this has taken. Did it take fifteen years? Did it take a thousand years? Unclear because you were in Themyscira the whole time. Yeah, we're completely bottled in Themyscira. We don't know exactly what right. happened. Right, but now Diana is training with uh, her aunt, who's the general, and clearly like one of the best of the fighters because she's taking on like a dozen amazons and beats all of them and then fights with um her aunt you know training wise and 
looks like she's actually going to lose, like she lost her, her weapons and is, you know, learning a lesson about, like, got to keep fighting. And then, focused. and then she does the wrist move, which you you, you see in, um, I think you see it also in Batman vs Superman. It just creates a yeah. super shockwave, and it, bl- it knocks it knocks the general out. Of it's the way. a little unclear in this movie whether she just does that because that's the way she wants to do it, or if she can do. Because it seems like based on with the power, the power or excuse me, have based on the powers Ares has, it seems like she should be able to create the shockwave pretty much doing anything. But consistently throughout the movie, she does use the double wrist. Yeah, and X and, thing too. And from like at least like from comic or cartoon, like I I I've pretty much only seen it happen with the wrists, like only with an X. So that could, that might be sty- a stylish. I, it be... is a stylistic thing, like because like why can't it just get sh- she shoot a, a burst out of one? It's hand. like technically Thanos doesn't have to snap. To right. Do it. Like nobody has to snap, but they all snap. Yeah. Because it's the way they you know. Right. The it's just the way they they represent it, but uh, it makes for a cool shot so after that she's a little bit shaken and you know we thought it was kind of weird because like it was a pretty powerful move yeah well before we get th- i want to talk a little bit about just the similarities of this to the uh scene the intro scene in captain marvel yeah when when uh she's fighting theirs do you know what i'm talking about when she's fighting the, the guy the, the jude law yeah so well, towards the end, right? No, towards or the, the training. The training. The training. Okay. He's very similar. It's you know, keep your guard up. Right. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's right. like one has the upper hand. You're right. not trying hard. You're not doing this. Right. And then a burst of unexpected power comes out and wins the day. Yeah. And it's uh, it's interesting. Just that just struck out, stuck out to me how similar those two scenes are. <clears throat> and obviously, Captain Marvel just just came out, and it's not the most original movie, so I wouldn't be surprised. No. If they just, it, it lifted that scene. And I'm now I'm thinking of all the other scenes in which there's like superhero training with mentor has to learn whatever. Like I'm thinking of Batman Begins. Sure. And you know, training on the ice. Oh yeah. But of course, you know, Bruce Wayne doesn't have, he doesn't have some like power. Super Saiyan power. He just like drops to the water. But But as Nick was saying, let's let's get back yeah, to yeah. uh to this. As you were saying, we, we thought it odd because after she does the superpower, which we haven't seen any of the Amazons been able to do, we don't know. No. It doesn't seem like it's a power of theirs. No one really reacts, the, except the ant looks. The ant is dazed. The but mom the, looks disappointed. But the ant, after being dazed, starts to like have the beginnings of a smile. Or yeah. Like beginnings she, of like a, she does like appreciation. But I'm more concerned about the rank and file soldier. Here's this training exercise, and right. it's a very after. The, I want to talk about the militant society because I think it's a little mm-hmm. weird, mm-hmm. but it's it's this. They're obsessed with training, and here's this move, here's this weapon that she just comes up with, and everyone's like, doesn't react at all. Yeah, it's weird. That's true. It, I mean, I'm sure they've seen mythical stuff. Maybe they were all in on it. Maybe they were all in. They're on all it. adults. But that seems like kind of a pretty big secret to trust to every single person. But you know what? Also, like, at least in this universe, there's like no instant. The, the the Amazon women kind of don't have like personality and individuality. There's like no instance of anyone who would like betray them. They're That's all true. just like perfect soldier. You know, we will do what the queen says. Do you think? Because we haven't seen it in this movie. How many Amazons? Well, one. How many Amazons are there? Like fifty. 
because there's not a lot in this There's movie. like 50. You see them, you know, if we ever do that bad movie that is Justice League, you see them in that too. And, okay. and I feel like that was like, it can't be more than like 100. Are they all soldiers? Yeah, like all of them know how to fight. Okay, so here, it's not like they have a cast system or anything. So now I need like to that. now I need to rant about okay. about this. Yeah. So they all know how to fight. What we see in this movie, so that's why I want to ask because what we see in this movie is we see it's very militant. Right. But I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe they train every day. They train every day. Train all the goddamn time. Maybe it's just even like the U.S. Army doesn't train every day. Right. They do their flips and their arrow shooting, and okay, so. We have this society that their purpose in life was to defend to, or, no, no, and no, or fight. No, 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 to show to show men how to love. Oh yeah, that was their purpose. Well, that was their original purpose. Right, right, right. And then Ares corrupted as this big evil, but the queen herself doesn't really think Ares is coming back. She like numerous times she thinks she says she thinks Ares is dead. That's true. So why are they so training so much? They live on a deserted island. I mean. They gotta pass the time. You gotta do something. You can only read the twelve volumes of pl- giving pleasure, pleasure how many times right. before you only learn and, every single language that and, ever existed and so the, many times. And the other and Robin Wright, the general, is really into training. I don't know. She seems like more of the force. Yeah, but than it, the queen. But, but it just respects. seems like I don't know. I would have appreciated because the queen is like, it's is telling it doesn't want uh, Diana to train, and yet doesn't present like an alternative, like go do art or something because yeah. like like it doesn't seem like there's anything else to do on this island other than i guess read these ancient greek books or train so do you feel like since it had ample time for like world building you you feel like we needed some kind of moment like you've had in like the wolverine standalone movies where like you see like him fighting through time you want to see like amazon's repelling invasions through time or something like that no i would have no more than that i would have liked because in uh i I think it might be in well there in even in this movie at the end diana is in a museum and she's clearly some sort of curator right that's her her, like cover job is that she's the curator so i would have liked how i would like to show maybe that there was just something else about the amazons other than because the at the end of the movie she wins because of the power of love Show they love something other than training. Does she win? I mean, like, yeah. Because, but, you know, power of boners is stronger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean. So, so that, I think that's all I really had to rant about. Yeah. Themyscira. Digressions on Themyscira. So, what takes us out of Themyscira is adult, you know, now we're, now we're uh, adult Wonder Woman. And all of a sudden... Out from the sky comes a crashing, burning plane and lands mm. into the water. Right. And who's in it but Chris Pine? Yes. And Chris Pine, we actually see him. He's trying to get out of the cockpit of the plane as it's going into the water and going down. And all of the Amazons are, are very suspicious of this and, and look strange upon it. The only one who kind of looks with interest and actually, like, concern is Wonder Woman herself. Right. Who dives right in. Dives right into the beach. You see her like from the top of the water, and then she dives in, and she's pulling out uh, Chris Pine. His character name is Steve Tre- Trevor. So brings him onto, brings him pretty much all the way onto the beach before we see why his plane crashed and why it went in there. Because just outside the orb of of 
disguising Themyscira right. is a couple of patrol boats and a, like a destroyer of these German soldiers. Right. Who, and, are, ch- who are, ch- clearly chasing. Yeah. And the thing that I think makes it makes it like it might be hard to find Themyscira, or at least hard for these guys, is we see a little bit outside the bubble of Themyscira. Themyscira is like sunshine and clear mm-hmm. and everything. And then just outside the bubble where these where these we soldiers are coming from, it's night and it's foggy. Right. So it's like they're looking for his crash site somewhere, and they just stumble into it. Well, actually, so I think to give it a little credit, um, the way they're actually able to find Themyscira is his plane lands and there's a flag that's half inside the bubble and half outside the bubble. That's right. So they see this flag kind of like disappearing right. and looking weird. So the guy actually goes into the bubble and see, hand. and then he's able to kind of, whoa, this is different. Yeah. So the way they found it in this movie, I'm fine with it. I think it makes sense because how they how it happened. I just don't know why it doesn't happen more often. Just like like someone like Steve just randomly right happening upon them. Right. Yeah. You would think it happens more, and maybe that's why they're a militant society. Like maybe it's happened before, but yeah, I would also accept that yeah. explanation. But so so they are they are gung ho for him, and maybe worth jumping to what we find out later why he's um, running away. Yeah. From sure. Um, so, so Steve later says why he's running away. He's actually, a, a an American spy, like working for the allies, working for the British, working for the British. And he was in a German lab in Turkey. I, I have a question. Yeah. Why isn't he just British? You think it's cause Chris Pine didn't want to do a British accent? Yeah. It's at, at a minimum because Chris Pine didn't want to do a British accent. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not. He's not believe. Like you don't. Like if you want the. If you want the character to be British, you just don't cast Chris Pine. You just cast somebody else. There's I mean, plenty of. Can... There's plenty of British actors stealing. I mean, getting roles Chris from Pine Americans. Chris Pine great in this movie. They they made the right yeah. decision, but I yeah. guess they didn't want him to use an accent. It, it makes. I mean, plenty of Americans use British accents all the time. There's no. I, and there's also. Also to your point, there's nothing about him that needs to that he needs to be from America. There's one reference um, where the Native American says his people oh, my, that yeah, war. My people. There's uh there's there is that, but the movie doesn't really. There's not a lot about him it, being it doesn't American. Follow up on that. It feels plot. The movie feels pretty international. I gotta say, you know, like some movies feel like they're for uh, an international audience. Some of the some of the level of spectacle and some of the like not diving into certain things. This was actually one of those movies. But yeah, I don't. There's no. I don't think there's no reason for him to be an American. Yeah, it was just something I. It was more of an offhanded joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's an American spy working for the British against Germans. He was able to infiltrate a German base, mm-hmm. and in doing so, found a book of poison recipes or something. Right. Yeah. There's. Well, we'll talk about it a little more later. But there's this woman who's like making chemical weapons and like right. mustard gas weapons and so that that's what he's come to steal he's run away essentially the oppenheimer of the german army at this point right right and and so he's he stole this and they immediately discovered it and so he fled and he took this plane and he ran away on this plane and he and he got his wings clipped in a way and then you know he crashes into themiscira so now he's on the beach in themiscira because Wonder Woman has pulled him out of the water, mm-hmm. and these German soldiers are coming in on their rowboats and their destroyer. Right. And this is really when the Amazons freak out because they they see an army. I guess they've seen it before, 
and they all take their bow and arrows, some flaming bow and arrows, and fire volley into the into the ocean. Yeah, but clearly they wouldn't have done that because there's no honor in that. They couldn't even see who they were shooting at. Yeah, there's inconsistency about. They couldn't see the whites of their eyes at all. Amazon, yeah. That Amazon on Valor. Right. They use a lot of bow and arrows. I think most people die from bow and arrows with, with these. Yeah. People. And uh, a few, at least two Amazons die. At least. Right. Right. I mean, probably more, just because right. they're they're not bulletproof. And, and the arrows aren't like magic arrows. They basically are just arrows. Like we were looking at it and a little bit of thinking, like, okay, is it going to be super powerful or some kind I mean, of magic maybe they to could, it? No. I mean, they could shoot it probably farther than normal people just because they're stronger. And maybe, like, super accurate. Or yeah. yeah. But although they're not really, like, shooting accurately, they're just shooting volleys. Volleys, yeah. At least in the beginning. Right. Afterwards, they're definitely very accurate. Right. right. So they kind of, they are able to kill all the Germans on the beach. I feel like they hold their own, but they couldn't, they couldn't fight an army. You know, this was, like... This twenty like, guys. Yeah, twenty guys. If if an actual if like an actual army invaded Themyscira, they'd be they'd be done. Yeah, that's why the hiding for them is so important. Right. Yeah, they kind of need it, even though they're this warrior society, and and clearly they don't know much about the outside world because so many things surprise them. Yeah, and all you just, the machines surprise them. Well, especially um, what uh, Diana doesn't really know what anything is when right. she's exposed. Right. Right. So she's like so fish out of water. In this yeah. Movie, which which makes for. For good sense. I think it really works, and yeah. we'll get to that right. later. But uh, yeah. for, for now, basically, now we have Steve Trevor, who is immediately distrusted by all of the, the Amazons, all, all except all for Diana. Amazons. Yeah, it's kind of like a men are, can't be trusted kind of thing. They're outsiders. Outsiders and, and that kind of stuff. They're debating what to do with him, and he's kind of like held in like nice house arrest. Right. While they're, they're deciding. What, they, they can tell he's not... He doesn't have evil intentions or anything because yeah. they use the lasso of truth on him and he's able to figure they're, – they're able to figure out who he is. He, It's actually kind of cool the way they do it because you could tell he's a very well-trained spy that he at first has this story that's technically true right. but doesn't reveal the full truth and they really have to put the screws on him to – or again – so I actually – I thought that was like kind of subtle. Not subtle, but I thought that was well-played. They could have just had him like – yeah. The way they played it for laughs, like in Injustice League, that's I've seen the scene mm-hmm. with Aquaman where he sits on it and then yeah. just starts spewing this random stuff. Right. They could have played it like that, but they played it a little bit more seriously, where it's believable that this guy would have would be able. He's just not going to lie. Yeah. He would have, you know, eight different truths that don't that hide. Yeah. Hide things. And it was also a good way to really introduce the lasso of truth in a more plausible way. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to introduce that and and just like take somebody in the middle of battle and like ask them for something like this was like an interrogation scene where they use that where it seems like that's what it's used that's for. what it's used for and then diana wonder woman just brings it with her right so that's what we learn and there's like a lot of there's a lot of tension around what what he's saying with that there's this world war going on that they've never heard of and then he needs to get back to it and the, most all the amazons really want nothing to do with it and don't know what to do with him except for Diana who wants to who thinks that this is Ares. This is the the bad guy that she heard about from her childhood. A huge amount of Diana's motivation in this movie is basically based on these stories she heard as a child. Yeah. And her kind cuz it seems like because she was the only child growing up and at least that you see, it seems that the rest of society in Themyscira are more battle-hardened or at least 
older, more experienced. Maybe and, some of them remember the actual fight. Right. Like, they might be that old. And she seems dramatically younger than them and mm-hmm. a little bit green. Again, we don't know how, how old she is at all. She could be 3,000 years old. She could be like 100. It, it's... But life has been... She pretty, could also be 30. Right. But life could, has been like the same for her. Yeah. Life like, has just been training. Yeah. And then getting smarter, learning things. But n- nothing like eventful, nothing to change the homeostasis of her life exactly happens until this moment and she's all in right and so she comes up with the plan to uh help steve escape and she wants to go with him because she thinks this is where Ares take, take me to take, take me, me to, to find Ares. Ares. right and so that's what they do uh before she leaves she takes all of the treasured weapons the, trinket, the trinkets of Themyscira the, the trinkets if the goobers um, <laughs> the the lasso of truth uh, shield which we know a big part of Wonder Woman is the shield and the sword this, right. this god god killer sword and they go and they're almost like escaping without anyone noticing and they get to this sailboat but then they actually are like caught by the queen and confronted by the queen Mm-hmm. Not that the queen is going to stop her, but, like, makes this speech to her. Right. And, and it's uh, unclear what the stakes are, because the queen says... Yeah, we, 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 we noticed this line. Um, the queen says, if you leave, you, you may, may never, never return. return. Which... Which is an interesting phrase. Because the way it's delivered is unclear, because it could mean you're not allowed to return. It could just mean that hey, what you're doing is dangerous, you might not come back. Right, you might die. Because you've kind of lived this very insulated life your entire life, your entire existence, and right. you know, you're know you going out to the real world where there's danger. It's very unclear what's going on. It... And, and But Diana doesn't go back, right? No, I don't think she goes back. I can't remember anything else in this universe where she goes back. So maybe... But it is like a thing that... Or maybe she could go back, but she can't become part of their community again. That might be... That's like a third thing. It's hard. It's unclear. Because I feel like there's instances uh, where I know of Wonder Woman coming back home, but not staying. And she also... Doesn't she come back in Justice League when they fight the uh, the Mother Box? Or does she not... I don't remember if they fight in Themyscira. Because I know... Okay. Steppenwolf attacks Themyscira. Right. right. But, but I don't remember but the Justice if Wonder... not involved. I don't remember right. if Wonder... I think that's before the Justice League I think so. Involved. I think so, too. Yeah. So, so, unclear. Um, I think the most likely thing is that she's not allowed back. Yeah. That's my that's my take on it. Okay. I kind of take that she might die just because she's been so insulated her whole life. Yeah. And but there she's is... the daughter of Zeus. But there is this thing of... Well, there is this thing about her, which, for some reason, she... They ha- she hasn't been told that she's the big reveal that's not really revealed to the audience, but is to yeah. her later, is that she's the god killer weapon, she's the daughter of Zeus. Right. And she's the one that can because only a god can kill a god, according to Ares. She's the one that can kill Ares. And that's why they need to train her. But apparently the stronger she gets, the easier she is to find. It's very I mean, I get that. It's like she like if she starts showing her powers and in, in in some way being out leaving Themyscira and using them, that's but even be even in Themyscira they were worried about it. Yeah. Because like even like when she was five years old or you know looked like a five year old, everyone was like you know the queen was like don't train her because if she mm. you know she's gonna get stronger he'll find he'll find her. Yeah. In Themyscira, 
Like, is Ares looking for Themyscira? I feel like Ares, based on the end of this movie, I feel like Ares doesn't care about Themyscira. I don't think he cares about Themyscira at all. And by the way, he has nothing to worry about because, like, they almost got killed by, by 30, some... 30 German guys. Yeah, seriously. If, if, if Ares is so powerful and they're so afraid of him, he should have, like, literally, like, go back in time and kill baby Thanos. Go back and kill freaking baby Diana. Like, yeah, yeah kill her right then. Right. But... You know, this this is the background. So now Steve and Diana are on the mission. They're going to go to London with the notes from the Dr. Poison. Right. And they're going to give them to Steve's intelligence chiefs, intelligence bosses, to hopefully end the war, or at least stop this attempt to keep the war going. And so we get to London, and there's a lot of great fish-out-of-water moments. Yeah, I actually just really liked, you know... Going back to our very first podcast so long ago when we talked about Aquaman, right? We really complained and like my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in Aquaman was every scene with the Ocean Master. But other than the Ocean Master, one of my favorite scenes in Aquaman was the scene in Sicily where there it's Mira and it's Aquaman just kind of talking and right. feeling each other out. And Mira doesn't really know she's a she fish eat, out of she water. Eats literally the flower. eats the flower. I really love this scene because. It just it's that multiplied by a million. You have so much chemistry between Chris Pine and Gal Gadot. You have all these like little moments. Right. Where she, they're trying to they're trying to put costume on like a normal outfit for the time on her. And she so like she blends she in. keeps ripping these these old fashioned skirts and stuff because yeah. they don't get have mobility. She's right. like, why is this in armor? Right. There's a great there's a great line about. Um, why would you need to suck in your stomach? And then the woman replies, "Oh, someone with." Who doesn't have that a stomach? Would, yeah, would, say, that, would yeah. say that, which is obviously, you know, it, it's it's a funny moment. The case so, for yeah. it up, but it just it just this whole stuff works. Yeah, you know, it's really it's really just I, I and we'll get more into this like kind of with the war stuff, but it also feels the London they're in that just feels like lived in. It feels it's a little dirty, but at the same time, not like yeah, I really like way. I really like the sets in this yeah movie. I felt like. I don't know if they splurged there, but but like they they put in like good allocation to that and the costumes, and right, it, it you said exactly, it feels lived in. Yeah, it really does, and even when they're they ha- and they have, you know, like the the next thing after kind of this this back and forth banter is Steve delivers the notebook or like tries to go to this war council meeting. Right. Yeah. And there's like. 30 people in this in this big meeting like it, it feels believable it feels real yeah so a lot of times well for like first i guess we talk about when they almost get assassinated when they when see gets shot right. by the german that's right counterintelligence officers right so and this is really the first time that diana has shown to outside people and cuz steve kind of knew already but i guess he it was another reestablishing uh, instance that how yeah, reminds him that it wasn't just a dream, whatever he came from. Like, yeah, because you know, the little because imagine it. It does make a little sense because he's shooting and he's firing at these Germans also. He's keeping right. his head on a swivel. Right here, he directly gets saved by Diana multiple times. Right, it's almost and, you know it reminds me a lot of like the Superman moment from like the Christopher Reeve Superman, like the very first Superman. I've no, I yeah. seen it. He, you know, he's like Clark Kent or whatever, and him and Lois Lane are like confronted by a, a would-be robber with a gun, and he like stops the bullet, and like in a back alley. It's like the same. Hmm. It's the same intro. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it just works really well because, you know, Steve, even though he knows how strong these women are, obviously his, you know, he's a, a guy in, in 1918. Yeah. His first instinct is get behind me. And then, right. you know, he sees her deflect multiple bullets. And he's like, no, never, never mind. mind. <laughs> he's yeah, like, maybe he you should. Beats up pretty much everyone. <laughs> and then he just kind of, and then, you know, he huh. throws one punch. Right. Um, which, again, just works because just the, the banter and the, the back and forth. Steve's this, he's the more world weary, he's a spy, he's a rogue, and she's very upstanding. Most of her knowledge is clearly not from experience, it's from learning, and that's like the yeah. fundamental conflict. That's not it's not a conflict, but it's the fundamental dis, distance between them that they have to bridge over the movie. Yeah. She 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 kind of gets a more realistic sense of the world. But that. in terms of in terms of the realism, that's why we that's why we went back to this. The guys in the street, it wasn't that there were only five guys. It was they panned through a whole crowd, and Steve noticed one guy in a crowd. Yeah. And then when we get to the scene where there's a whole bunch of people talking, and this, the war leaders, it's not just, oh, there are two main characters. They're just talking in an empty room. Yeah. No, there's 30 freaking people in this war council, that, and which and, makes sense. And like a bunch of them talk, yeah. That you don't need, yeah, they're all yelling. They're all screaming. And some of them you don't even see again, but like no, most of them you don't see then. again. Yeah. Right. So, and they're all, they're yelling, they're arguing. It's very realistic. It's very lived in. And I think it's the little things that make this movie. It, it's noticed. So you, good. You, instead, you, you could have had the scene be that Steve comes and there's like uh, three generals and sitting in chairs that he has to talk to. And, and that's right. It. But like, no, they made it, they made it big. Which I think is, it's so weird. Because I think in this movie, all the actions... I mean, we, we disagree about some of the action scenes. Right. Some of them I, I think are good. I think you, all of them are horrible. Yeah. And all of them not only are bad, but look really, really fake. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, I, w- I want to talk about... Enter the Snyderverse. We, yeah. A weird thing about Star Wars... The thing I liked about the new Star Wars movies compared to the prequels is in the prequels, the, the lightsaber fights all look fake because they're way too practiced. In Force Awakens, the lightsaber fight is real because... You know, you have Kylo pounding on his own, mm-hmm. and the, and and there there's emotion. This, the rest of the movie has emotion, and the fight scenes are way too pretty. They're way too fake. They're too stylistic. Uh, people are posing after. They're flipping for no reason. I don't know. And such a, in such contrast, yeah. the rest of the movie, which is so real. It, uh, I agree on that. I think some of the some of the fight scenes work. I thought the first fight scene works. With the soldiers on the beach, um, and some of the individual ones later on, definitely agree with you. But yeah, well, later yeah. On, later on. <laughs> um, but in the in where they are at this moment, they they design they assemble their ragtag team, and they decide let's go to Belgium. Right, right. So Steve brings the the uh, the message that they're. The Germans are planning this super chemical gas right. attack, mm-hmm. and nobody wants to hear it. But he's not going to take that for an answer, so he's going to assemble his ragtag group of howling commandos. I mean, <laughs> um, his you know his own World War One people. His three buddies. His three buddies. So you got somebody who's from like Morocco or North Africa who yeah. he, he's like the. The traitor, you know, sly kind of spy guy. Language expert. Language expert. Then you have his Scottish buddy who has PTSD, but he's like a great sniper. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, and then his other friend who's this um, 
Native American kind of war profiteer. Type war guy. profiteer, yeah. He like sells smuggled goods and and things to both sides. I think and, they even say British tea for the Germans and German beer, beer for, for the, the British. British. Yeah. So he kind of plays right. both sides. So this is his ragtag group that he's known for a couple of years, and and he he brings them all on board. And the the last thing that really happens before they leave for the front, before they leave to cross over the lines, is one of the the ministers or government officials that we met, um, who was giving this whole speech about how we need peace. to accept the armistice right. and accept peace, uh, comes and meets with them, and before he had said no, don't you know, don't do your mission because if it goes bad, the peace will break off. Then he goes to them. And he actually show, says that he's supporting it, mm-hmm. and you know I'll, I'll help you as I can. Here's some you know money for the expenses, and so Diana looks at him as like, oh, this is a nice guy, and everyone is happy with that. And that's the last we see of this like minister for a while. It should be noted that he also says to the secretary, you can run the mission out of my office. Right. Which also serves as a way to keep tabs on the mission, which might be important if he turns out to be a different character later on. Right, right. So now we're in Belgium. We're in the trench. Nick, I, you you commented on it, and I agree so much, how real this looks and how lived in this like. Yes, the trench. World War I, the trenches. Right. I, I think they showed... I, I feel like they showed a good... I don't know, 20 yards of trenches that they that they developed in some way. It definitely looks real. It looks real. But they it built looks, a set. It looks good. And and honestly, I can say this, like, in contrast to, to certain Marvel movies, in contrast to the other war Marvel movie, Captain America, you feel like it's a more open, realistic setting. Like, some of, this, some of the ways they film... They filmed, like, the different missions in Captain America was very much close-ups or, like limited shots you get more of the scope in this movie right and they use that to great effect there and then depending on your take you know they either take it too far or they continue it in the next piece of it which is they're in the trenches and uh wonder woman is kind of learning this is how it is you know war, war is hell war is hell especially these guys are injured or they've lost limbs and the and the town is starving and all of this right i mean when you think about you know she has this ancient greek philosophy when you think about the ancient the way ancient greeks wrote about war it's achilles fighting hector it's right you know these heroic 1v1 battles the generals are fighting on the front lines right she doesn't it's understand this romanticized version she of doesn't war. understand machine war and total war it doesn't make any sense to her no it's she's completely out of her element here and it's very it must be jarring for her because here's someone who spent their whole life training for war and yet she doesn't first like what she sees war she's does not she's not prepared for it right and 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 this this whole scene this whole atmosphere so kind of infuriates her that she says no uh, and and then the, the the big kind of almost like a like a women power like feminism power moment is they this and this is what they called it like the land the the space between the trenches is called no man's, man's land. no man's land right which is so historically what, what that's it's what it's called but it's ironic in the sense that she rejects that and she's going to go over the over the right. top over the trenches you know obviously she's wonder woman and so she breaks no man's land right and she's able to basically soak up enough machine gun and sniper fire that she's allowed she basically 
allows the rest of their ragtag bunch to, to make a over. break for it also. Right. And they, they take those trenches and then they're in the town and they're fighting in the town, um, which is a very stylistic fight. It's not a battle because you really just focus on Wonder Woman. Herself. Yeah, I actually don't mind this fight because I think it's less – you are f- more focused on her. I think the emotion is pretty good. You get s- some of the Steve parts are good because they portray – you have Wonder Woman, who's this clear hero and right. clearly brave and clearly everything, but they do a, the movie does a really good job of showing that even though how heroic she is, she has respect for this per, this just normal guy right. who clearly doesn't have these powers. I think the best superhero movies do a good job of this of highlighting the non heroic, the not hero people. I, I remember I think Captain America: Winter Soldier does a great job of it. Yeah. Um, and that's like the one that jumps off my mind. But I think a lot of these movies that you have a super powered guy and maybe not guys who aren't don't have superpowers, but they're still willing to fight. They're still willing to put their lives on the line, especially in a war movie. I think it's really important. Right. Because if it's just Wonder Woman can do everything, then it's right. like, why? Like, yeah, exactly. it takes it too far. So they fight this battle in this town that has been occupied for a year or however long and they win. They, you know, she she beats. They uh, liberate the town. They liberate the town, and then now they're celebrating, and they're, you know, people are drinking in the bar, and they're and the townspeople are dancing, and, and they're it's singing. Like, everyone is is celebrating, and you get some more like Steve and Diana moments that like build on that chemistry. Again. Right now it switches from being chemistry to an overt romance. Right. Yeah. Which. I they get together it, in this, you yeah, know, at the end of the night, night. It's heavily yeah. implied. Right. They bang it out. Steve assures her he's above average for his species. Right. He said that earlier in this movie. There's and, a lot of there's a lot of innuendo. In this there's movie. a ton of innuendos, which I I don't know. I was laughing. Yeah. I thought, I thought yeah, they were pretty was, witty. I thought it worked. It was out there. Yeah. And he must be pretty decent because you know she still is in love with him a hundred years later. Yeah, that must have been. Good. What a night. One night. What a night. One night. <laughs> Just ruined her forever. Forever. <laughs> She's immortal and will never take another lover. Right. That's how good he was. Right. No, no Superman or nothing. Um, <laughs> sorry, Batman. Yeah, sorry, Batman. You're no Batman. Steve Trevor. Sorry, Batman. <laughs> yeah, so, celebratory night. All's good. Next day, they're going to now... They, now the front has moved. Now they, they want to go to... Um, what they've been wanting to go to all along, there's a gala. There's some event for aristocrats and generals in, on the German side that the evil General Ludendorff has been planning. Right. And another scene around this time, it might be a little bit, I think it's after the trenches, um, where you very quickly, like General Ludendorff, one thing, one thing you see before is that Dr. Poison has been giving him this, like, amp of steroids, steroids, like, inhaled super steroids. Right. Like, he can, he can, like, dent, he can, like, punch a hole in a wall with this kind of power. Yeah, he breaks a gun in his hand. That's right, as soon as he gets it. And so, he clearly not just increases his stamina, but also strength, and he appears angrier when he has it. Right. It's real extremis. Yeah, it's very extremis. He doesn't explode, but... Thing. Yeah, but um, so so that's an element to to be aware of. But the scene that comes up is he's meeting with the other generals in this like bunker, 
Right. And all the other generals are just like on the British side. Just talking about we're going to have an armistice. We can't do this anymore. We're about to, even we're about the, to lose. Even the Kaiser has accepted this and all this stuff. Right. And Ludendorff is having none of it. He's right. like, one more victory and we will do whatever. Like the classic super military kind of guy. Right. Which and, actually in real in real you know German history, German, they pretty much lost World War One because they ran out of food. Right. Which is accurate. And there was a last attempt, a, a, a supposed naval strike on Britain and all the, in the, except in real life, all the German naval U-boats naval people, um, before U-boats. Yeah. But all, oh, they, the all poured, they all poured water on the engines because they're like, right. fuck this, we're done. Right. We're out. Peace. And, and then the real life General Ludendorff actually <laughs> told the government to surrender. So strange uh, take on this history, but, yeah, we're it, gonna you know, it's a story. It works. Yeah. Have some liberties with it. Sure. So... Ludendorff's having none of it, but he's already planned all along that he's basically going to have a takeover because he, you know, says you're all wrong. And then he locks him in a room as he throws the poison gas at them. And he throws a gas mask to toy with them because the the gas can go through the mask. And so it's just a game. Yeah, it even goes through the glass in the windows. Right, right. starts to crack the windows. Right. It's some powerful shit. Right. It's bad. So, like, now clearly... He's on. A, he's gonna continue the war. He's gonna try to launch the gas. So, everyone from Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman's group has now reached the castle where um, this gala is gonna be held. And the gala, they drop a hint that this is where Ludendorff is going to make a demonstration to the Kaiser about the power of this gas. Right. And they're setting up. They're setting out chairs so they can watch something. Mm-hmm. And Steve Trevor gets in through spying him and um, one of his one of his guys, the guy from like North Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have like a back and forth banter. The other thing we notice is, outside of like Wonder Woman showing that she knows all languages, they they speak they choose to like speak in English in this movie even when it's a foreign language. But they yeah. just do like an accent. So right, like, that's how the, that's how they show that. They they show that. So like clearly he's like. Steve Trevor is like speaking in German when he's pretending to be this German general who's he's like high strong and whatever. Yeah. But he gets in, and so how's Wonder Woman gonna get in? Because she's kind of like in the woods. She's not in this car that he uses. But funny scene, we see like all these aristocrats arriving up in their cars or like carriages in some cases. And there's one of the cars is broken down, and a woman in a very ornate dress gets out. And the reason Wonder Woman wasn't part of the original party was because she's wearing her Wonder Woman outfit, and Steve's like. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not, not, that's not covert at all. Yeah. So, sorry, but so now you stay behind. She sees this woman, and, and it's funny, she even like looks like she's seeing how tall this She looks her up and down woman. and stands next yeah. to her to see if they, they're the same size. And then, bang, the next scene, um, Steve is at the party. He's actually kind of, it's unclear like what he really wants to do, but he's like flirt chatting with Dr. Oh, Poison. He wants to, I think he asks her straight up, can I see your work? Oh, see your work, yeah. So he's so, just trying to go right to it. Yeah, he's trying. He's, he's trying like, to use his above averageness to go get to yeah. get his uh, to get her work. I think I think the felt the, the level of flirting with half faced Doctor Poison kind of gives him away. I thought it was he was being. I thought I think he was pretty successful. He's trying to be science based. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, right. Because he, he's a little psycho based too. He's mm-hmm. talking about fire and you know the at burning to the, ashes right. and there's something the purity of yeah. the burning. Yeah. Um, until, you know, he sees Gal Gadot in a cocktail dress and 
Yeah. That's and, all we can look at. Dr. Boyce says, I see your attention is elsewhere. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And so so now, we, now we see that Wonder Woman is coming to the party. And Mission failed even more. Behind her dress, hidden, <laughs> is the sword. Is the sword. <laughs> and the thing, the thing that's so funny is that the sword is sticking out of her cocktail dress. And she's walking through. And because she's... Stunningly beautiful, and everyone, everyone is turning around her. and is looking at her back and sees the sword. And no well, one said, "Why do you, uh, excuse me, ma'am? Why well, do you have a sword sticking out of your ass?" It's just the handle, though. Like, but it's clearly the handle of a sword. <laughs> it's sticking out of her ass. Like what? What? No one says anything. I mean, and and Ludendorff goes it's in. It's so preposterous Ludendorff that, that goes they can't in, imagine that. Ludendorff it's, goes to dance with her. And somehow doesn't touch the sword. Right. Like her hand is like, his hand is like on her back and still misses the sword. And they also try to tease you about stuff. We'll get we'll get to it in a little bit. Ludendorff is saying very like philosophical kind of almost philosophical kind of stuff that almost make you believe that he's like Aries or somehow See, knows about this is actually, Aries this and is mythology. Actually, this is bullshit. Yeah. See, this is the thing that's bullshit. But, what the but that's is. in the script. I mean, like that's... No, no, no. did that on purpose. No, yeah, obviously. And that's why I think it's bullshit because the movie here is cheating to try to make you think that Ludendorff is Ares because there's no fucking way. But they didn't do that way. the entire time. No, but just in this just scene. Just in this one scene. Because there, there's no fucking way that actual Ludendorff would be like, oh, you know Greek mythology like me, the Greek god, and, you know, the god of war is good. Yeah. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, it was such a weird scene, completely out of place with the rest of the movie. Right. That the movie, it's cheating. It's so, really cheating. So if this movie was on mute, it'd be great. No, it's kind of like, there's a, there's a scene in, in Frozen where, yeah. I just, whatever. There's a scene the in Frozen. same company. There's no. a scene in Frozen where, the the evil the evil prince who turns out you know who turns out to be evil all along yeah. saves saves whatever her name Adam yeah. from and he has like a genuine nice reaction right even though he's evil and doesn't right. care and right. he's like willing to kill her later right the, that that's the movie cheating because you're showing you the audience something that turns out they're doing about face this is the same thing the movie's cheating right now by acting like this person is only speaking like a fucking Greek god would that's true. Moving on, moving on. Um, more strange shit to come. So all of this happens. We we see that a, a gas shell has fired onto the trenches, so we know what's going on there. And Wonder Woman is is about nope. to say, or or d- happens soon. Yeah. Yeah. The gas shell fires in the village. Right. On the village. Which it turns out that was the demonstration. Uh, that they were all waiting to see the gas shell fire on the village. Uh, decimates the village. Decimates Wonder Woman. Wonder, yeah, Wonder Woman, who is going to kill Ludendorff, is stopped by Chris Pine because they're saying he's saying that no, we need to stop the gas. But then the gas, the the shell is fired, and she immediately goes to the town. She's not not affected by the gas. No, she's not. Uh, but basically, the entire town is dead. Entire town's dead. Um, here's the here's the thing about this demonstration. The whole point of the gas was that it was better than other poison gas because, like, they didn't it invent poison gas. It destroyed the gas masks. It destroys gas masks. Yeah. They bombed this village where no one's wearing gas masks. Yes. No evidence to find this. Thing. So why is the Kaiser impressed by this? They could have done any sort of normal mustard gas, poison gas, at all, on in this village. And if it's 
maybe just because it created a cloud, which normally, you know, there'll be too much open space, I guess, for... But it doesn't... The whole point of this gas is that it goes through gas masks. That's yeah. why it's so powerful. But yet... Yeah, it's not explained. Why do they kill... They kill this village really just as like a... Oh, it's like... Fuck, the movie is cheating again. And and also, like, do they mean to deliver the gas by artillery shell? Or do they mean to the, deliver the gas by plane? They should have had a plane drop drop something to show you how it would actually work. But they also have gas and planes. Like, they didn't invent either of those two things. Yeah, if you're going to drop gas, why drop gas instead of bombs? We've seen Steve himself drop a very small grenade... To destroy the lab? an entire factory. Right. So, they have some shit. Like, I assume he didn't have that on him. I assume he just picked that up as he was running. So, they basically needed a better super weapon, too. The super weapon hurt. wasn't good enough. Gas is kind of a weak one. I think it's one of those things where it's, they're, it's they were so ephemeral. obsessed with the gas yeah. that they forgot the fucking super soldier serum they discovered. Yes. Give that to everyone in Germany and they fucking win the war so easily. It also makes for, like, that's still original because Captain America only has, like, Captain America and, the, and Red Skull have right. the super soldier serum. If you have, like, 2,000 people with Super Soldier Serum, that's a story. That's a different thing. I think they, the reason they probably didn't do it was because... See, here's the it thing. It gets too amped why, up. Why introduce, I, why introduce it at all? The only reason they introduce it is because to make her believe she's actually fighting Ares when she yeah. fights Ludendorff. And to make us think that like maybe he's Ares-esque. No, because you see him do the thing. Yeah. So I don't, it only fools her, not the audience. So... I don't know why they brought it. They didn't need it. They they have they introduce this thing and they don't use it, which is way better than the stuff they used. True. Ugh, this movie. <laughs> so good and yet so much so more potential. So much more potential. Um, but that's so now Diana is very devastated by this, and she's even more committed to killing Ares, who she believes is Ludendorff. And at at this moment, she thinks that. Uh, the way the world works is that everyone's going to die like Phantom Menace style, like Chitauri style, like Night King style, where if you kill Ares, right. everyone else is going to stop. That's right. Yeah, that's her And that's why, world that's why she's really mad at Steve. Because she felt like Steve stopped her from killing Ares, which would end, which would have prevented this. Right. Yeah, so she, she jumps back to the castle and then the, like the base and immediately starts to look for and and confront General Ludendorff. Right. And so you have this scene um, where she's in this like watchtower at night, um, gets to Ludendorff, is gonna is gonna like confront him and then like kill him, and Ludendorff uses his his like juice up kind of uh, steroids. Right. To start to fight with her and actually like have a little bit of a fight right. back and forth. Which also makes her think that the reason – so he's not just a normal guy. Because obviously a normal you know, 55-year-old man, 60-year-old man against – not going to take this Amazon no, warrior. So by using this, this steroid gas, he's able to at least very briefly, not really much – Right. It doesn't last very long. But at least give a little bit of – yeah. Yeah, maybe. And it ends kind of with they they fight inside the tower and then up on the roof of it, and 
eventually Wonder Woman gets the best of him right. in a bit of a fight. And she even had, she, she, having knocked him onto the ground and basically already killed him because she kind of like whiplash brings him down. Yeah. She, she then pulls out the sword and says, I'm completing the mission of the Amazons and to kill Ares. And stabs him right through the chest. And she really thinks she killed Ares. Yeah. Uh, she definitely murdered a guy. Yeah, she's a murderer. Uh, I don't think he was going to do... I think he was done for the night But when she knocked him down. But yeah, stabs him right through the chest. Yep. Um, I mean, he was a bad guy. He was a bad guy. To be fair. But <laughs> He yeah. wants to poison gas people. That's true. That's true. But, and it's, it is war. Um, so Although she, it was about she, to end, and he's she, like, it's she, not ending. She was justified in, in, that, in that sense. She definitely was. Um, but So now Steve is finally caught up with her and he sees that the sword is stuck halfway through the tower and so he's worried and runs up and she's kind of bewildered and like just coming back from this very tense moment and she's watched then she like looks out onto the air hangar tarmac and she sees that actually the soldiers are still following their orders and they're still gonna deliver this poison gas onto these you know, bomber planes. And she's shocked. She's shocked. She she doesn't understand it. She says, why are they doing this? If there's no Ares, then they don't have to do this. And Steve's like, maybe that's some just what some people are. Like and this is where the movie ends. And it's a great ending. Right. And it's it leaves you up in the air about the philosophy of war and the philosophy and, of the nature of mankind. And explains why Wonder Woman has retreated from the world of mankind for a hundred years. Yep. She was, you know, distraught about this revelation. She doesn't know what to think. Right. It It's the perfect ending to a really great movie. Yeah. Wait. wait. Oh. There's 20 minutes left? There was more. What? There was more in this what? movie. Why? why is there more? Yeah. This is like... Um, there should be more. It was a perfect ending. Right. And uh, we're going to just, you know... Crap all over that ending. Oh, God, the ending. Yeah, so that was the ending until um, Wonder Woman continues to yell and blame Steve Trevor for all of mankind. Right, he's part of the problem. And he, I actually really like this response by, that maybe it is, but, you know. Yeah, but that doesn't has, mean you can't, you know, you shouldn't do something about it. Yeah, and I actually think when, you know, he's like, maybe it is my fault. Maybe right. I'm part of it, and, he, right. and she says, "Well, it's not mine." It's like, well, it kind of is your fault now. You're part of it, like, yeah. And also, you know, the Amazons, you had it's it's a kind of a she says, "Not my fault." It's kind of like a great power, great responsibility thing. Yeah. It's like she clearly has the power to stop people from dying, and you know, if she doesn't, then yeah. isn't that kind of her fault too? Right. There's so many situations of like powerful person or like powerful group that just hangs in the sidelines. Right. right. So. And I also this is a little bit out of. I think it just shows that she's distraught. She's a little bit. It's a little because like it's out of character. It's very quick. Yeah. Because before she wanted to save every single innocent they possibly could. She is grieving for every wounded soldier, for every child that's crying because they're hungry. Right. And yet now here are these bombs that are gonna kill maybe the quote in the movie is thousands and thousands of people. Maybe like a million people if they're drop planning to drop on it on cities, London. Cities. Yeah. So. It might kill just a shit ton of people, regardless. And she just doesn't want to do anything right. at this moment. Right. She's just, like, angry and shocked, all these emotions. She's like, I'm catching a sailboat back to Themyscira. Right. And, I mean, 
it's like not really changed right away. Steve Steve kind of says, "All right, fine. Then I'm gonna do what I need to yeah. do." Yeah. Or and my merry band is on our own. Merry band goes, and they're trying to stop the planes from leaving. Um. I, I does she? I don't even think she act, acts until Steve acts, right? No, point. she doesn't act at all. Yeah. All what happens is that mystery man British guy turns out he's Aries. Right. And then, and then, and this is happening while there's Steve in the plane. While Steve is, trying. while they're making their plan, they're they're using right. gas masks to. Right. Appearing out of nowhere is, I mean, he doesn't even have a character name, to be honest. I don't remember. Barely. But the but the the British minister who was all mm-hmm. about the armistice, it turns out he was actually Ares the entire time. Right. And and Ares half baked scheme was at first to promote peace because he was saying it would be a temporary armistice. Right. And then there would be this gas attack and then and the war would continue. War would go on for a lot longer than it would have otherwise. Right. So that's why he was he was stumping for peace but as part of a larger plan. Right. Uh, he, and his larger, larger plan, apparently apparently was that in this whole mythology world, he thought that he could convince Diana, Wonder Woman, to see the logic of his view of mankind and perpetual war and join him. Right. And in some ways destroy the world to make the world better. Yeah, better. Kind of kind of like a It's like an Ultron. Thing. I mean yeah, I think we made a joke about Star Wars, like, you know, kill the Emperor, kill humanity and we'll rebuild it and yeah, it was yeah, you know, rule the as rule the galaxy as brother and sister. But it's it's a little bit because he even admits that this is not it's not a long term plan at all. He says, "Oh, I saw you." Um, he said, "When I first saw you, I wanted to destroy you." I wanted to destroy you. And so they first saw each other in this big meeting, yeah. right? Yet the the rest of the movie takes place over three days. We know that because Steve Trevor specifically says to his buddies, I told you it would be two days, be Jay-Z, two days yeah. is up, and now there's one more day after One more day, that. yeah. So he concocts a plan in about probably 30 seconds that, oh, I'm going to kill Diana, who he doesn't know at all. I'm going to not kill Diana, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to I, I'm gonna use Diana's... I'm going to turn Diana, Yeah. and yet... Yeah. But how does he know he can do it? He doesn't know her. It's not like in Star Wars, the reason Vader thinks he's turned Luke is he senses it's his like, anger. And yeah. he, the, there's a lot of force shit going on. He tries on. it for a while, you know, tries to work on it for a yeah, while. Yeah, they've met a couple times. Yeah. There's, there's some of that stuff going on. But yet, here, they meet th- They meet for 30 seconds. And she's been her entire life in Themyscira learning how evil this guy is. Like, no. That's yeah, not going to work. Been, she's been indoctrinated. Right. So, very half-baked plan. And and the fact that he abandons it so quickly. Yeah. Like, he goes from, I don't want to fight you, to... Now that I see that you're annoyed about this, I must destroy you now. It's nuts. And it it leads to, I think we can agree, the worst fight, the worst battle. Oh, it was Ares. Yeah. In this movie. Right. Um, he he like creates like a metal armor out of scrap metal. And yeah. Fights. And he creates like 
He's a little bit like Hela, where he like he's throwing swords right around that he fuses from metal. His powers are amorphous. He's, he throws okay. lightning bolts. He throws metal around. He uses the force. He uh, he's got all powers. It seems he yeah. flies. He flies. He goes fast. He's strong. All of these things. Oh, and he destroys the sword, which is another clue to. You know, well, it's not even a clue because yeah. he destroys the sword and then immediately says, "You're right. the sword." <laughs> right. You're the sword. <laughs> Why? You are the daughter of Zeus. Done. I mean, I guess it's all part of his. He really didn't think that through because I don't know. It's all his whole plan is dumb because not really even a plan. He's making it up as he goes along. You know what would have been a great plan is to like mind control the thirty Germans that were gonna go into Themyscira and tell them to turn around. Or just disguise yourself as one of the thirty Germans. And then she would have never Because he left. can apparently apparate. He can be in different places. Yeah. They show throughout the movie he's like influencing people behind the scenes. Right, right. So So that's the terrible battle that we face. Um the same time as this is going on, Steve Trevor is He's trying to stop all of the chemical weapons. He's got to put it in the water. He's got to put it in the water. He's got to put it in the water. And um, one of them is leaving on a plane that he runs to catch and gets onto the plane. Um, is there, does he even throw a guy out of the plane? Or does he, he, does, he just he fly does. out of the plane? No, okay. he, no, no. Because he, remember, he fights with the guy. Yes. That's right. right the guard is guarding. Right. And then the pilot. Uh, yeah. He is able to fight his way onto being the only live member of the flight of, of the plane with these chemical bombs and he's worried about a timer he's worried right. about crash landing it he's worried about bringing it to people so, so he basically says the only way to do it is to destroy it in the air so their original plan was to stop the plane and that way it won't but then they figure out when they're almost when they're going to do that that these bombs are on a timer and that if they don't if even if they stop the plane it'll blow up everyone on in, the ground everyone yeah. on it'll the disperse ground. for miles yeah which he says steve says 50 square miles yeah that's right, right. from the is, ground that's huge that's huge yeah so his plan is to put it in the ice right the, in the air the ice in the air the ice in the air <laughs> yeah back so, when he went in the ice in 45 so it's uh <laughs> oh man even I'm bothered by the way that Captain America says that. I can't get over it. it's the not way like, he says that like in Endgame. A, Why does he talk like that? It's not like anything else he says in that movie. He doesn't have any other accent in any Back in 45. Except when he's like, oh my god. When I went in the ice in 45. 45. Oh, oh my god. god. Chris Evans. Anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Steve, who, in case you haven't guessed, we feel is very, very similar to Steve Rogers. Yeah. Um, you but know, I actually thought the scene worked. Sacrifices himself. It it works, and it and it actually like makes more sense as a sacrifice I than think, Captain America. I think this. I think this. We're making fun of it, but I think Look, this I, scene is ten times better than the scene in Captain America. I like I like Captain America. You guys all know that I like the character. I enjoy the movie. I can recognize that the plot. Of, of Captain America needing to go in the ice is a little thin, and it makes a lot more sense in this movie. I legitimately believe that the only way that he was, or that the, he would save the most people possible is by doing this. Yeah. And that he, that's, there was no other way. There's no way to cut the water. Of all the other plot holes in this movie, they actually wrote this one up. <clears throat> this they, one they tied cool. it up. Yeah, and I, I think there's a cool thing where, I think they undo it a little bit at the afterwards but there's a cool thing where you can't really hear what's going on between right. 
but it's clear that he that he's going to sacrifice himself. He hands over his dad's watch, yes. which is like his, dear, his dearest movie, uh, yeah. possession. They talk about it. You know, they Chekhov's got it earlier in the movie. Right. And uh, he goes sacrifices himself, and of course, this you know Wonder Woman Krillin dies, so Wonder Woman goes Super Saiyan. Right. And kills Frieza Ares, and that's pretty much the. Uh, that's the end of the fight. That's pretty much the fight. She one the second She's she gets angry, saying. yeah, she is beats him in seconds. Yeah, like it's so easy, because he fires a lightning bolt, which because she's Zeus's daughter. Look, love defeats war. That's love, true. Love is more powerful than war. She should go back to Themyscira and be like, "Hey, stop fighting. Use love instead, because that's all you need." I don't know why it's gonna be the next movie is gonna be like Wonder Woman 1985 instead. Well, isn't it like, called instead Wonder of like Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman 19, Love and 1967. Yeah, it's not Wonder Woman Love and Thunder. Thunder. Yeah. Um, but so Wonder Woman defeats Ares, Ares. Defeats War itself. Defeats War itself, and then comes home. Comes home to Britain with the rest of the Motley crew. Right. Um, Where she mourns Steve Trevor. She mourns like Steve do. Trevor, and it's real sentimental. You know, they there's everyone in London is celebrating the end of the war. There's a there's a photo of people who are missing or gone, and and you see like an old photo of Steve Trevor in there, and she's like right. very sentimental about it. And then that brings us right back to present day, and back to Wonder Woman working in the curator. And shop. then she is doing a monologue about the power of love and how it's stronger and she puts the original photo and the watch and that man into a who kind is worth saving was kind of like a big message out that of there it. are there's darkness in mankind but there's also light that right. exists and it's yeah it's whatever yeah but so i don't know nick we were we're, we're pretty much at the end here yeah um just brief and we don't want to step on uh podcasts we both like and the video YouTube series we both like, Nando right. v. Movies, right. mostly nitpicking. Much they, respect for it. Yeah, they t- they talk about, uh, Nando in his video talks about the Aries problem and how he doesn't, it doesn't make much sense, and we're not going to redo that here, but just, I don't, I think it kind of undercuts the themes of the movie. Yeah, it, it's pretty obvious and self-explanatory that the, the main messages around, well, the, humanity is not black and white like this, this touch of gray and complicated is like already demonstrated without it so yeah that, and that it, helps it under it undermine the fact that when Ares dies at the end of the movie people stop fighting that's is, true they actually do stop fighting which, and like which is not the point which contradicts what Ares himself said Ares right. himself was like you the think I caused thing. this I don't cause it I may help it along and make it be more you know, dramatic and right. better, bigger weapons, but I don't cause it at all. Right. Men start this themselves. And yet, when he dies, it really does have the Phantom Menace of, there's literally the German hugging the American, it, right right yeah. there. And then right. there's, you know, Victory Day, the parade they go back for. Right. So, I really don't, th- I don't think it works. It's just, it, it also puts in a weird spot, historically watching this movie. Obviously, World War II happens 20 years later. Yeah, and the and next obviously movie, these things do happen in this timeline. Like yeah, yeah. The next movie is Wonder Woman nineteen eighty five, so we have a jump from a huge a, jump, a huge jump, a seventy, 70 year years. jump. I really wonder how they're going to address how she 
Like, I get maybe she doesn't want to, you know, you can kind of jump past Vietnam and Cold War because it's a little amorphous. But yeah. how do you, how does she not get involved in World War Two, which more so than World War One is the is example of the ultimate evil yeah. versus you know the good guys. Right. More so than World War One. I agree. Um, I can't see how she could, unless she's somehow like preoccupied or you know kept doing something else. But they're gonna really have to write themselves in there. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like she's lived in the world this entire time. She's, she's very worldly and like in the modern times she seems yeah. she knows so much. And it really it really seems that her perspective would change because just because she is she, when she fights Ares and she beats Ares and humanity it seems like so, an event like World War II when she knows for a fact that Ares is not an influence anymore yeah. would shake her world view. Well you know I think part of it, we'll have to see how they take 1985. 1985. Um, the, you know, the way we're introduced to her in Batman vs. Superman, she, she like is very reluctant to actually be the public hero. Right. It's almost like she's built an organization or at least some kind of finances for herself or something to be in the shadows. Hmm. And maybe she's become like the anti-Aries in that sense, like trying to push hmm. humanity towards, towards good. Right. In, in more subtle ways and, like, not use her powers well, that as, would, as running through a trench like she did in this in this. I time. think that would be an interesting exploration of it. And I think part of the movie that does work well is that clearly the day is lost without Wonder Woman. She saves a lot of lives. She does a lot of badass things. But when she looks and, and you know, Steve Trevor is right behind her without the powers, she's clearly, like, that clearly impacts her humanity is worth something because here's this guy who's yeah i mean steve trevor so. really saved all those people more than she did she was preoccupied with this oh especially oh yeah in terms of you know body you know body save total yeah steve trevor takes the plane down and um she has this little personal fight with aries which again i'm not blaming her for because they you show that conversation she's more than willing to Go to the plane. Herself. Of course, of course. So it's it's not like I think earlier in the movie she was selfishly fighting Ares, but by the end of the movie she's learned something where she's willing to put that aside and to save people. Right. But Steve is is the it one. It just brings that lesson even more. Right. So overall, Nick, what's your overall takes on this movie? I mean, I I, I put it at like the seven and a half out of uh, seven out of ten, seven and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. My overall takes was. It's pretty good as an origins movie. It's hard to land a decent origins movie. Um, I like the world building. Um, I th- I thought one thing they definitely didn't have to do was make it like a like a period like a back in time movie, but I thought that was a fun choice. Yeah. Um, definitely like different, and it works for this works for her, and you can't really do it with a lot of these other DC characters. So why not do it once? Yeah, I mean the the parallels between her and Captain America are obviously. They yeah, jump, they jump out. They're they both they jump out. out of time. And I bet you if, if they didn't make Captain America, they might have put, put her in World War II. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the reason they didn't. Right. But it, it it works. I think World War One is different enough that you know World War Two has become such a cliche in movies now. Yeah. But uh, now, like even video games are trying to go to World War One, like reference right, World War One. Right. Just because it's a little, it's something different. Yeah. And you know we can go about the actual politics of World War One, which is doesn't lend itself as well to this. To, but, the, to the good and evil. But, but yeah. for the purposes of the movie, I thought it worked. Yeah, I liked, yeah, I did. I like kind of the... World War One is, is I think, 
for this movie is better than World War Two because in World War One it's about being gray. Yeah. It's about being gray, and it's also these this advent of this new. See, the thing about World War Two is that there were obviously new and terrifying weapons. Yeah. Like the atomic bomb, but World War One set the stage for that. That it was kind of like okay. You know these these we know even though it's horrible we know those advances are happening. World War One was the first time that it was and, like and it feels and it, and it perfect for the theme of endless war. Like you, it right. really does feel like like World War Two. You felt like some you know somebody was winning or losing. Yeah. This time like both sides are losing. And definitely they, they had a there was just a single line where Steve Trevor's like. Diana, you don't understand. These men have been here for a year. Yes. And have gained like two feet. Right. Which really is the way it was. Right. Like thousands and thousands of people died per square foot. But, like so, they did a good job of just the uh, futility so it of works, this war. Yeah. If, if if that's important to this movie, and I think it is, it, it, it the the setting works well. Yeah. So I, I think it works. I I'm a little. I like. I think I like the movie, even though I was. I think I like. I like the non-action scenes in this movie so much. Right. That I put, I'm gonna, 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 we don't usually score movies, but I'm gonna put it in that eight, eight and a half range. Yeah. I think it's the best DC movie. I like it more than Shazam. Which really? I'm, I'm surprised saying that, but I thought there was more levity in this movie than I thought. I think most of the levity is just really because Chris Pine and Gal Gadot were great on screen together. That's true. And you can't, that chemistry is really hard because obviously we saw it. You know, Jason Momoa and Amber Heard that they didn't have it, and it, the exactly. movie really it sucked. Was obvious. For yeah. Yeah. This movie gains a lot because of it. I thought a lot of the the scenes, just the two of them talking, the the strategy, the themes, were I thought were pretty good, even though they were undermined a little at the end. Overall, they were good. The sacrifice was good. The, the battle scenes were very much like 300. I thought that's that's all I kept seeing. Right. It, stylistic and. There's only she only fights like a superpowered guy once, and the rest of the time it's just people. Right. So she's doing a, a lot of, you know, flipping and posing and explosions in the background, and I didn't like it, but I think it's one of those rare, the kind of a little bit like last week actually, where I didn't love the action scene. I don't love the action scene like, of Black Panther either. You would rather she fought like Black Widow, I guess. Yeah. To some extent, with more strength, I guess. Super or, strength. Or kind of like Captain America, even. Yeah. You know, like, just one of those more than... or And even if you want, you want to incorporate the flips, I just thought the way, you know, you, you show her... They give it up. The way the cuts happen and yeah. one scene doesn't lead into the other, it's less organic. That's just, again, it's just my preference, but... Right, and, and I kind of stand with you there, and I think that's... That and some scenes that are a little bit long or have a little bit, of, like, overstretched to them are, are the... What brings it down a bit, but but would otherwise be an even better movie. Yeah, the pacing is decent, but definitely I think a couple scenes kind of drag on a little bit. I think yeah. I think Themyscira in the beginning it's a little repetitive. Right. Um, I think I think kind of the movie gets tight after that. There's some of the German stuff that I think is a little one dragged thing I, on. One thing I feel good about is I feel like even though this is an origin movie, we know that the next thing is so much later. I feel like they didn't write themselves into a corner at all with what they can do with the Wonder Woman character. Well, it, it is very much like Captain America, how Winter Soldier is just a completely it may be a, different movie. It may be movie. a spy movie, and they like could Winter do, Soldier. They could do anything. Yeah. They could choose any theme. They could choose a, and it's a blank canvas. It seems, uh, so far, the buzz is pretty positive for, ni- for Wonder Woman 1985. Yeah. I think Patty Jenkins is back directing it. Gal Gadot's obviously back. 
a lot of rumors that Chris Pine's in the movie. Yeah. Which is a little curious because he dies in this one. And it's 80, it's 70 years in the future. But we'll see. We'll see how they do it. Yeah. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Yeah. So that's going to be it for us this week. Next week, uh, we're thinking about either uh, if Nick sees Joker or yeah. Joker. Uh, the pressure Otherwise, is on to, to watch Joker. Otherwise, we're probably going to do The Boys, which is an Amazon series on Netflix. Nick has been trying I'd to get be, me to watch it. For the longest time. I'm finally yeah. going to watch it. Yeah. We've um, heard good things. Nick likes it. I've heard good things from both Nick and from other people. It's um, it's a little darker than the average. Yeah, we're going to go dark with Joker and the boys. Yeah, and back to back. Um, and and then, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get excited for, you know, Star Wars. Yeah, that might, that. T- that might take us into a Star Wars Um. We'll talk about episode seven and eight in yeah. preparation. We'll we'll definitely do an episode nine review after episode nine comes out. Yes. Because uh, it's going to be one of the biggest movies in the world. And um, yeah, that's we'll just, take it from there. We're playing by ear. We're hope we're back on the uh, we're back on the schedule. We've got a couple, you know, uh, we've released Black Panther in two parts. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We're trying to keep these more a little bit more manageable. When we recorded Black Panther, it was almost three hours long. Yeah. So we cut it into a couple different parts. We noticed our, you know, I think our like our end game was two hours, Infinity War was two hours. We're hoping to keep it for like an hour, hour and a half, help exactly. you guys if you want to listen on your commutes. Uh, and then yeah. that's it. Thank you guys for listening. All right. Thank subscribe, you. whatever. Bye.